This is the Tame Aperture Podcast. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Hello, Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Welcome to the Tame Aperture Podcast, where we talk all things movies from first-time directors, indie films, art house, and much, much more. On the podcast, we kick off our 2020 horror month by taking a look into the remake of an American classic. Today's movie was released in 2003 and follows five friends who find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed, chainsaw-wielding maniac and his equally disturbed family of psychopathic killers. Yes, I am talking about Marcus Nispel's 2003 remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, starring Jessica Bill, Jonathan Tucker, Arlie Ermey, and Andrew Brynjarski as the notorious Leatherface. I'm Gabe Bienendorf, filmmaker, film instructor, and movie enthusiast, and I'm joined by none other than Alan Martindale, veteran podcaster, editor, horror fanatic, and uh, darn it, Alan, it's a bad handoff there, wasn't it? How the hell are you, Alan? I'm, dude, I'm doing so good. I, I'm just so happy that you can add in the horror fanatic again because it's October. It's horror month. This is this is my time to shine. This is, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I enjoy it. And you know I do, but I know this is your wheelhouse. So Let's face it. Like the rest of the year, I'm just dragging ass on this podcast. You're carrying <laughs> us. I'm just kind of going through the motions, but this is where I light up. Well, I'm glad to be back in. I can't believe we're already back into October. That means it's been crazy. an entire year. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We started out last year doing the uh, horror month. We threw in a little Freddy Krueger. We had to start with the Nightmare on Elm Street, and we jumped right in after that with uh, Texas Chainsaw, the original 1973 version, uh, which is a great film. I, I, what I should have done is went back and looked at our ratings on Texas Chainsaw. I know yours is the highest rating you've ever given a movie. It is. I, I gave it a nine. You were at a nine. I know mine was relatively high. I want to say in the low eights. I think so. Low think eights, high there. sevens in that yeah. ballpark. That sounds about right. But I, rem- I remember because I was like, I can't go 10 because I'm not that nice of a grader. So, yeah. but it, it is, it's, the original is, it's still my favorite movie. I, I just rewatched it in kind of in preparation for this, but I, I watch it at least once a year just because it's, it's just a classic, man. It's just, it, 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 it's what made me fall in love with horror in the first place. And I, I said this last year, but when I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was, Ever since then, I've been trying to find that feeling again from watching a horror movie. Well, let me say this. You're not going to find it in this one. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. The gloves are off, dude. Dude, well, let's let's get the let's get the uh, Uh, by the way, you're going to walk us through the story because you're more familiar with it and it's your pick. But the gloves are off. Okay, and that that's totally fine. But let's 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 just address the elephant in the room first and foremost. Okay. Platinum Dunes produced this movie. Yes, Michael that's Bay. Michael, that's Michael Bay. And you can tell, like, it's got the Michael Bay style. You got to get past that. If you can get past that, you might find a decent horror movie in here. It's definitely more style than substance. 
I'll, ex- I'll explain. Hmm. Okay. I'll ex- yeah. And we'll get into that. That's the initial perception for me. Here's um, my problem. My problem is I'm, I, I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time going into this film and not comparing it to the original. Of course. I think it, it, it's nearly impossible to not compare it. Right. So to give it a fair trial, so to speak, right. uh, before I just completely execute it, I'm just going to execute this film right now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. For me, as far as remakes go, I think it's pretty solid as a remake. I think it's pretty solid. It definitely it, it, it has some missteps. But overall, like this, this is kind of in the horror world. This is what kicked off the remake frenzy that we see nowadays because they did this one. I mean, it's kind of like the original. Like the original was really the first slasher movie. Yeah. And so that kind of started an entire craze. And then this one kind of started another entire craze, a totally different style. But it, uh, it really like this one did so well that then they started. They made you know Friday the Thirteenth, and they made that horrible Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And these are all Platinum Dunes things because that's what they do essentially. You're right. <laughs> Gabe's taking a deep breath. He's preparing himself. We'll start us off. Give us a little intro to the beginning of the movie, and then we'll break it down because this one we can break down pretty in a linear fashion. Yeah. And then, and then as we're going, I have, I have some notes here. I want to, and I have some questions for you. Uh, Cause it sounds like you're pretty favorable to this movie. I have I, a fly in my room, by the way. I know I could see it. <laughs> Did you get it? No. Did you Daniel son that thing? No. I need Miyagi <laughs> to teach me the yeah, skills. <laughs> Where's my chopsticks? Um, so, okay. So first off the thing, Ooh, did you get it? Sorry. I think I got him. I think you got him. Okay. He's better than Kemper. Jeez. Um, <laughs> so first off, they bring back... Well, let, before we even start, I want to say uh, Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel uh, were producers on this film as well. But I think... And I don't know, but I think it's more of a legacy credit than anything because they made the original, obviously. Uh, Daniel Pearl, who shot the original return to shoot this one if you can believe that now look at the two movies they don't look anything at all alike they don't feel alike this feels like a like a hollywood horror movie yeah i mean exactly this feels if for lack of a better description this basically feels like a studio film that's been it's not it doesn't have the indie vibe it doesn't have the the indie style or aesthetic uh it feels very polished it does. And, and you can tell from the get-go where the original, part of what made it so good and so shocking was it felt about as real as a, a scripted film can feel. Like it was, the, all of the elements were just, it was like a perfect storm to make this perfect, terrifying little horror movie and where it, they didn't go for a score. They didn't go for the like beautiful shots. It was just gritty and, and weird. Yeah, it has the documentary vibe that fly on the wall observational quality that's what makes it creepy you know whereas here this is a movie i'm in a theater with uh, 200 people and we're watching a studio film this is hollywoodized you know definitely and and i actually even though i I don't think that's a bad thing because i think if you go in like i think it would have been worse for them to try to recreate the original nothing's worse than trying to do the exact same thing so even if you decide to remake a movie 
which I'm already against. I, 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 can't, I hate remakes. I hate the idea behind them. It doesn't mean they can't work sometimes, but, but the concept and the principle behind the remake to me is absurd. I hate, I hate it. I get it. There's money grabs to it. It's a business. So like Michael Bay has his production company and he's like, well, let's make this and do it our way. So I, I, I like that they didn't try to recreate the original in, in the exact kind of footsteps that, that they did with the cinema verite style and the documentary vibe and the grittiness and all of that. Um, and I think I, I applaud them for that because I think uh, if you try to do that, I think you've already seen that movie. It's already been made and it's already been made well. And it already has built a cult following and has its own little, it's now developed beyond just a movie. It's actually now it's developed its own little culture, you know, like right. its own thing. So I like that they didn't try to, get overly similar to the original. I thought that was, I'll plot them for yeah. that. I, I think you're right. I, I don't, I don't think it's possible to even do that if they try. Like I think, or I mean, yeah, you, sounds, you fell horribly. I think most yeah, likely there's just no way. And so I, I like that they did their own thing. Cause this is without a doubt, its own thing. Every, I mean, every element, even when they have little nods to the original, it's still different. It's still way different. And um, it's kind of like, it's a little bit like Halloween, like the original and then Rob Zombie's remake. And uh, it's a very polar. The remake's a very polarizing movie. But the first half of that is totally its own thing. Yeah. And good or bad, he didn't try and just remake Halloween in the first half of that movie. He did in the second half. But uh, it's just a totally different thing. Now, you can like it or not, but you have to go your own way on a remake. Because you look at Psycho, when Gus Van Sant uh, redid Psycho shot for shot. There's just no point for it. There's no point to it. Yeah, there, that that one's worse than than this. The thing about this was, I I walked away feeling my feelings. Notes, Alan. I got feelings. <laughs> yeah, feelings. This made you feel things. Feelings notes. Well, that's you know you want a movie that makes you feel something. We we talk about this. You know, you want a movie that makes you feel something or intellectually stimulates you or gets you curious or makes you think. Uh, and so my feelings notes, saying that jokingly, <laughs> hey, my feelings matter. Um, I put indifferent. That's oh, all I interesting. had. Interesting. I, I, there, it, it, so it didn't swing. When I was watching this, I was like, okay, the, the buildup for the characters, I didn't seem to care for them as much. Um, the hitchhiker, there wasn't as much curiosity there. You know, like if you mm -hmm. think of the original and I, and I know I don't want to keep comparing it, but there are some comparisons because even in the original, beyond just the aesthetic style, how they build the characters is pretty unique. You look at Hitchhiker in the beginning, you're immediately intrigued and creeped out by what this guy is doing and how he's his physical performance as an actor. And the Hitchhiker here, she just she's distraught and 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 it's it's but it's subdued in a way. Like she can't express it. And then she gets in the van because they want to help her. They almost hit her in the middle of the road. But the Hitchcock, that's what I mean. Like it just didn't have the same attachment to the character. I wasn't as curious about this hitchhiker. When she shot herself, I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it's, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I sound so she, brutal there. I sound she's like she's definitely, heartless. well, it's true. She's definitely more of like a horror cliche than anything. Whereas in the original, from the very beginning, 
there's just an overwhelming and oppressive sense of dread. Yeah. Like it's just uncomfortable. Everything is uncomfortable. There is nothing fun or happy or warm about anything going on. And you also in start the movie out in this one with Leonard Skinner. Right. Like, I it, mean, it's a, and, and people jumping into a lake. But first, before that, I do want to do I, I, one thing I think they nailed. I'm glad that in, in the original, they have the opening crawl narrated by John Loricat. In this one, they don't have the crawl, but they do have John Loricat back. And he uses a yeah. lot of the same dialogue. And I, love, I just love that they brought him back just for that narration because his voice is iconic in the, in the opening of the original. And so to have him back and using a lot of that same dialogue, I thought was fantastic. And, and it matters. I mean, they're, they're setting it up. There's a whole reason for the voiceover with the police officer, you know, on the crime scene recording. And it's that 1973 old black and white video. And he's going through the crime scene of the Hewitt's house. And you know what I mean? Like it, it sets it up for later. There's a little book in there. Right. Uh, right. Which, which I don't different. know is overly satisfying for me, but. Uh, we'll get into that too. It's yeah, it's it's yeah. They kind of, it felt kind of shoehorned in there, honestly, and unrealistic. But that's okay. We'll 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 get to that point. But then but then we immediately go into like in the God. I'm gonna just keep going back to the original. I know I am. Is this I'm, just the TCM seventy three podcast remake? This is <laughs> a remake of TC, our <laughs> podcast last year on Texas Chainsaw. It Master. is pretty much. But uh, you know, in the original, they have uh, there's a, a radio uh, playing, and, and you hear. It's news radio and you hear like just bad news after bad. That's just tons of bad news coming at you. And there's and then like there's a, a, a corpse on a headstone that's been dug up and positioned in some weird place by some bizarre artist. And it's just it's very it, there's nothing good. But in this one, you immediately start with a shot of, of them swinging into a lake and listening to Skinnerd while driving down the road. And these two teenagers are making out in the back. It's It's very, very kind of cliched horror where it's like oh we're just teenagers and we're just having fun and it's you know go just no worries in the world you know type of thing and it's i i don't like that it's 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 just i like that they're originally they threw you into that world of dread and negativity and you just kept getting that feeling that something awful is going to happen yeah, you don't get that as much here because it. Ta- I think it takes a good 20 minutes to even – I think you're 20 minutes into the film before they even – they're trying to locate a sheriff to – this girl's basically gone and committed suicide in their van. Where did she get the gun, by the way? Oh, it was in her vagina. That's where she was hiding it. I mean, if you notice, if you go back and watch it now when she's walking on the road, she's got her legs spread a little bit and she's – you know, you, you can tell. You can tell. It's just a weird, like, why? I, I just, why? There's got to be some other way to do that. Now, the it's connection a, there is that she stole that from the sheriff. Right, right. right. It, which we, is, it's revealed later, but the connection is she had, is she, what's her, what's this hitchhiker's relationship to the family? Well, and he, okay, here's something I think they did well. I like that they don't tell you everything about the family. I like that they don't tell you about everything about their victims. Like to me, I like that it's a little ambiguous. You know that this family's done some crazy shit and you know that they're kidnapping kids and that they're killing people. My take is that this girl was obviously, I don't know if she's driving through or what, but she's obviously been traumatized by him. And I, I wonder if that baby is hers. 
the baby that's at the end. And I, I can't, I don't know, I can't tell, but I kind of like not knowing. To me, when, when, they, when they spell it all out for you and it's on the nose, you lose something. Yeah. I, in this in this one, uh, like, I agree with that. There's a lot of times if they spell it out too much, you, you, you miss out on challenging yourself to figure it out. And that's what kind of makes it fun sometimes. That's what I mean, that challenge of trying to figure it out, put all the pieces together. But uh, in a movie like this, just tell me. It's dumbed down. <laughs> it's dumbed down anyway. Don't be tricky, Alan. They're they're trying to get too don't, smart. With don't it. be don't be tricky. You're dumbing it down. It's, it's just, we got a we got a lunatic on the run here with the family that's crazy and kids that are in danger. What what's happened? Why don't need to get overly complex with the family dynamics? Just tell me what the hell's going on. Just give me but the information, damn it. When she shoots herself, how cool is that shot though? That I put that. I love that shot. I mean. And, and what, what's interesting there for the nerd in me is I kind of, I kind of reflected back on because it, the shot is she blows her back of her head out and the camera, it's some kind of snorkel lens, which is like a long lens or something, I would imagine. And it comes back, pulls through her head and then out the van where the gunshot was and then way back into the trees in the field. Right. Uh, really a cool shot, like a really, really cool shot. And it got me thinking about the reference there. There's a little reference to the bench shot in the original. Do you know that bench shot where the, of course you yes. do, but there's a bench shot there where they use this really elongated pullback that almost goes through and underneath like a bench as they're walking into the house. And there's yes. a, and I know that it's not a direct connection, but it's almost a little homage in a good way to like some cool elongated pullback shots. Well, it, it definitely feels like it. And it's it's funny because Steven Spielberg asked, I think he asked Daniel Pearl, who shot both of these movies, how they did. He Steven Spielberg couldn't figure out how they did the bench shot in the original. And he's like, we just had two grips just lift up the bench while I followed with the camera. Yeah. You know, like, it seems like the easiest thing in the world. But this one, I was watching it with Jess, and even she was like, how'd they do that? Because it's it feels like it, it, it's really cool. Yeah, the only, the only, and I could be way off base here, but they do make these snorkel lenses, which are like three, two to three feet long. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And that's possibly what they used, but I don't know how they would have done that. You'd have to ask Perlman, who, which, you know, he shot this. I, and like I say, if you look, you get the uh, cinematography and, and, and the filmmaking skills, once again, I think directorially, uh, it's well made, it's polished. This movie's well put together. Like there's no, it's definitely got a Michael, he's, Michael Bay's definitely like sprinkled in his little, uh, over the top. Yeah. You can feel it. Beautified. I mean, (laughs) you know, the weird, like turning camera motions and the, like, it it felt like, like Optimus Prime was going to pop out at any moment. Yeah. Or like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence were going to be like, damn. (laughs) Yeah, it really did. Uh, Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. (laughs) Oh my God. It really did. I actually love but, bad boys. Bad boys is great. Um, but yeah, it had that little vibe to it. It had that vibe to it. She blows her head off. Right. Yeah. Then, the one thing I hated about that shot though, the shot was great, but some of the reactions of the actors, when Jessica Bill is screaming in the front seat, if you watch yeah, it, no, again, yeah. The, the shot, the, yeah, the actual shot, like if you look at the guy who plays Kemper, which is the dumbest name I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, he's just kind of like sitting in the driver's seat, like, uh, you know, like hand over his mouth. And they always do that when they don't know how to act. Yeah. And and especially in a long shot, 
It's probably hard. It's hard as an actor, I bet, though, to like stay in the moment like that highly right. uh, 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 tension with high tension like that as the camera's taking forever to pull back. Well, and think how much setup time they you had know? to do for that shot and like all the things that had to go right with it. So I imagine it's, I mean, I'm going to excuse him. And I actually think <laughs> right after when they finally cut away from that shot and they cut to everyone's reaction as they spill out of the van, I thought that was the best acting in the entire movie. They spill out of the van, the one girl vomits. There's some, there's some good acting there. I mean, the reactionary idea of like, what, what would you do if someone just killed themselves in your right. presence in the middle of nowhere, Texas, you know? Right, exactly. And you see, and you see Pepper, that, that the hippie chick, you know, she's got some brains and blood on her and she just, her reaction just, it feels so natural. I've never had anyone shoot themselves in my van, but I imagine that's how I would feel if I had their blood and brains on me. Yeah, I think the scene's done really well, and and it kind of that that does kind of kick it up a notch. Up to that point, though, the first fifteen minutes—that's just—it's not even that. It's probably less than that, but uh, I think that scene at least starts to up the ante a little bit. Yeah, know? yeah, they're trying to make you care about the characters. It's something the original didn't didn't do at all. Yeah, and like I still I, didn't. Yeah, of, oh, of course not. Of course I, not. I mean, I, it was a failed effort. I still didn't, and and that's yeah, that's what's interesting about it. I. I watched the when I was watching the film, I thought the acting is good. I mean, if it, I yeah, was if, I, if, if I was right, I mean, if I'm just observationally going like if you just watched the movie and solely were focused on the acting, that's it. Nothing else. No story, no cinematography, no editing, no music, no nothing. You're just watching performances. When I was watching it, I'm like, the acting is it's good. Like it's believable. It feels real. It's authentic. It's genuine. They're good. They're impressionable. They have good physical attributes and how they respond. But the interesting part to that, and I'm not sure what it was, and maybe we'll pinpoint it as we talk about it. I just didn't care about the characters. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to me, it's pretty standard horror. Like, it, you don't really, it, it's not often that you really care about characters in, in schlocky horror movies like this. Except for in my favorite, which I will default to, which is A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I care about the characters. When Johnny I care Depp about Nant. Yeah, I care about Nancy, and then and then obviously Johnny Depp because he's Johnny Depp. But even if you think I I, I cared about Nancy, like there, it was a different. You know what I mean? There's a different. I'm not comparing the two. I just mean like sure. There's something in the character that you like. You kind of want to see her succeed, and you want to see her overcome the monster or whatever it is. And I just couldn't get the attachment here with this one. But the acting was good. The acting's fine. Yeah. See, for me. Um... I, I Jessica Biel's character, I think her name is Aaron. I, I I cared more about her, and I actually, for some reason, her boyfriend I kind of cared about a little bit. I I don't I, I don't want to say cared, but I was interested to see what would happen there because they did seem to have a a genuine relationship, and it you know it it, it was kind of hinted that she might be pregnant, and because she wasn't drinking, she wasn't smoking, um, and. Obviously, they're planning on getting married, and so for, there was something there. The rest of them, though, Morgan, I couldn't wait for him to die. Now, which Morgan, one, which one's Morgan? Morgan's, the guy in the white the, t-shirt? The yeah, the annoying guy who gets his teeth knocked out. The later muscle by. head, the blonde muscle head. No, not that guy. The other one, the little <laughs> nerd guy. The uh, oh, the nerd in the baseball tee. He was more annoying than Franklin in the wheelchair in the original, which oh. is saying a lot because Franklin's really annoying. He's really annoying, but he's good. See, I like he's the really characters. Good. <laughs> Good. Okay, we're not going 73 TCM. I know, right I'm trying. I'm going to try and keep it. I'm going to try and keep it going. She um, blows her brains out. There is a good scene. They elevate. I think the now this is a plot twist or a plot turn. 
because now they've got to figure out they were on their way basically to a Leonard Skinner concert, right? Because uh, it's 1973, and they're on their way to Dallas to go to a concert, and now they've picked up this hitchhiker who was distraught, who has now killed herself, and now they're all figuring out what they need to do. And where they're coming from was El Paso Juarez area because they just went to Mexico and got two pounds of weed. So what, now, what is the point of that? That doesn't that doesn't play into the plot whatsoever. It it never comes in. I um, mean, you don't need to have you can. It's it's it, here's, here's the smoking thing it a does. joint. It does it does create a little tension between the characters, the uh, Jessica Bill and uh, what's Aaron it? and uh, Kemper. And, yeah, and Kemper and Aaron, uh, because she's he he lied to her, right? Um, uh, not knowing that they were going to pick up two pounds of weed, which what's that what is that uh is that a felon i'm assuming it's a felony something i mean what would you yeah, do if you if you cross the lines with two pounds of weed from the border what would happen uh, i think you're going to jail for a very long time you're, you're put That's... away for a considerable amount of time so not to tell your <laughs> i mean it's a little bit assholey not to have told her yeah yeah He's I, like, I would say yeah we smuggled two pounds of weed back if we get caught we're all busted um <laughs> You're pregnant potentially with our child, and uh, but it doesn't play a significant role. You're right. He and what's crazy is when they're trying to figure it out, he grabs the pinata that, that's hiding the weed inside, and he just throws right. it out, and that's it. See, to me, if you have the pinata still in the uh, in the car when Arlie Ermy shows up, to me, that's like. I, I mean, I, I understand what. Well, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to that. Well, I'll it's, it's close. You're, you're good because we're we're close there. That's basically. What they're trying to figure out is if we have to call the cops now, we have a dead person in our car. Right. So they what get rid of the, the right. weed what full we of do two with pounds the weed? of weed. Yeah, the, the pinata filled with two pounds of weed. Kemper tosses it into a field, and that's the last we see of it, and that's the last anyone says anything of it. They just drive then they, off. Then they, yeah, then they drive off to the gas station. And, it I mean, it looks exactly like the gas station in the original. So props to them for doing that. And – um. And they go inside, and I I will say this another thing from the very beginning, everything in this movie, and that was one thing we said about the original. <laughs> you can just feel the heat when you watch it, and you can totally, and you just you can just smell the smells. They did a very good job of doing that in this one too, because everywhere they go, it just feels disgusting. Yeah, when they walk into the gas station, and the old ladies there, and they're trying to call the sheriff, and they're looking at the slaughtered pigs. And the flies oh, in the, the picture. Flies That's the why pig. I had a fly in here earlier because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to I wanted to emulate the vibe of the movie. <laughs> You're trying to keep it authentic. It's, it's right. No, yeah, it, but it, just everything's disgusting. I mean, and and they did a good job of even when they cut to the shots in the van where that girl blew her brains out. You can see bits of skull and brain and blood. Like it just everything just feels so tactile it just it's very real and very gross yeah i mean uh and they get into the, the what what's the deal with this lady so they get to the gas station they go inside they want to call the sheriff there's an old woman inside who seems super calm that there's a dead person in a van and four other five other kids like distraught and to me that's the first sign that something's very wrong around here like to me, that's I remember the first time I watched this, I watched it in the theater and I was just thinking something is it's something's not right. Like this is 
Uh, and I was thinking, is she the cook? Like, is she going to play the part of the cook in this one? And uh, so to me, you just it just feels wrong. Everything feels wrong. And I love that feeling. I love that unsettling feeling. Because they didn't go beat for beat with the original. They did their own thing. But everything feels wrong. And it gets real bad. So they wait around for the sheriff. The sheriff, uh, he wants to meet him at the old Crawford Mill. He won't come to the, to the gas station to meet him. And this is when things really start to feel wrong. And this is like, this is when it gets crazy. Oh, um, see, I thought it was when uh, Aaron and her and Pepper opened the uh, the outhouse toilet and it just had poo everywhere. Hey, I'm just glad they didn't go, I saw the devil and start digging through that shit. <laughs> no. That's, that, I can't handle that. But they tell him to meet him at the mill, right? That's right. what he says. Which is weird because they have a dead in, body in any other place. In a van. In a van. <laughs> In any other place, at any other time, if you say I have a dead body in my car, you're getting cops all over the place immediately. Right. You're not, they're not saying, hey, will you get back in that van that's a crime scene? It could be a crime scene. And just drive around town. You know, that's the last thing. Any, any, so that's, so I'm thinking like, there's something's wrong here. Drive five more miles. I'll meet you there. And right. then we'll take a look. Right. Something's, something is very, very wrong in this town. And uh, so... They drive over to the old Crawford Mill and they they kind of wait. They meet the they meet a kid, um, named I think his name is Jedediah. Well, first off, the kid's like hiding in the warehouse in the right. Mill. And this is the kid from the ring. And I got a little when we go to trivia, I got a good one about this kid, a real good one. What I hate about this kid is his prosthetic teeth. It's terrible. Horrible. I mean, for all the all the good gore that That's... they did and all the effects they did in this movie to to just skimp out on the teeth. That's not good. That That's what I, I was looking at that going, wait a minute. We're trying to do the, the, you know, the rotted out kind of teeth of a kid. It looks so prosthetic. It looks exactly like you put a mouthpiece in and that's it. <laughs> it does. It looks like and those you know ones you go to the Halloween city and you buy them during the, right. and you put them in your mouth, your kids put them in their teeth. It looks like those. What were they and, doing? $9 million and, props- and they can't get prosthetics. <laughs> Like, it, it props to this kid for still the kid's acting the hell out of the part with those things. Like he didn't let it affect him at all. Yeah. The that kid's, kid's good. Great. He was a good, he was really good. And he, and he was, uh, and, 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 and scarily cute. He was, uh, yes. it was, it was a yes. good, creepy, uh, character. He, Actually, he, that's, here's the thing though. If you're looking at all the characters across the board, I felt more sympathy for the kid than any other character. Totally. Of, of course. And he's barely in the movie. And not just for the reason of being a kid, but like, I mean, that's a big part of it, of course. But he was so good and convincing that you were like, oh, man, this kid really needs some help here. And he's multi-talented to this kid in real life. We'll, we'll get to that. But uh, so they, uh, he runs off. And so Aaron and Kemper, I guess, chase after him for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. But he did tell them that the sheriff was... Was bit, he was home getting drunk. Well, first I got to ask you this, because you're as he goes off and then they start deciding, okay, here's a question I have for you, because they basically start going, well, what do we do? The sheriff's hasn't come out. He's home drunk, according to this kid. So that means he doesn't care. He doesn't give right. a shit about this. So we got to leave the body. Let's just leave the body and go. Okay, so now they have a vote. Basically, they're trying to vote what they should do. So I want to ask you, in this situation... 
right? I'm what? bailing, man. What I'm leaving. I'm leaving her. I am leaving her. Like I'm not just gonna drop her on the side of the road. Like you know, I'm gonna probably wrap her up or something and just leave her, leave her at the mill. I at this point, like things are too weird. We have been through some traumatic shit. No one seems to care. They're telling us to drive around town with a dead body. I, I'm just at this point, my alarm bells are already going off. Yeah, when when for okay, so I have I, I go into the gas station. First off, the old woman is very calm in an <laughs> just a completely distraught situation. Okay, warning signal one. <laughs> warning signal two, just the atmosphere. I'm in nowhere, Texas. In the middle of nowhere, and the sheriff's not coming. He's he's literally saying, "Just meet me at that place, uh, right, landmark." Right. Okay, well, nah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm. The point is, I'm with you. I I think I uh, politely and uh, you know in a, in a nice way leave the body and get the hell out of town. How about this? I I, I leave, but I feel really bad about it. Exactly. I feel, so, I'm I feel crying. guilty. I feel guilty, and I know that that's someone's child potentially, and I feel bad. And I want to do some follow up later, but that's going to be right. when I get into a more normal situation. Right, right. And I'm also I, willing to take the consequences, like I don't, because I just don't want to go down the path of what's what's happening here. Well, at this point, I mean, we're in the '70s. This takes place in the '70s. I don't know if you're going to get any consequences for this. No one's going to catch you. No one's going to catch you. Not in 1973. No one has any idea you even encountered this girl other than the woman. And she doesn't seem to give a shit. So I think you're getting away scot-free. She wasn't looking outside going, their license plate number is. No, 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 not at all. Uh, Not even a little bit. But the, the interesting thing is they actually vote to leave. Right. Right. They vote to leave, but then they stay. And I didn't quite understand this <laughs> because they, I think they, is it it's Aaron 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 yep uh, Jessica Biel's character I think she's overwhelmingly convincing Kemper to stay because she feels uh, obligated right that, yeah isn't that the main reason they decide even though the democracy voted and they said three to two yeah all the dudes were like let's go and the girls were like hey let's stay back. They Let's, probably yeah. were doing the right thing. I mean, they were, but if they would have listened to the dudes, they'd all be alive right now, and they'd be at Skinnerd. They'd be rocking out of Skinnerd in Dallas. Exactly. Listening exactly. to Free Bird. They wouldn't have their faces cut off at this point. Um, but, but so I, I guess they stay, and that, this is when they meet the kid, actually. Right. And then the kid runs off, and so Aaron and Kemper go chase him. And they run into a, a house, or they go to and, a house. And so what, and I, I got to, just from the exterior of the house, what did you think of that? I, see, that's the other thing. I loved the house. I thought it was great. If I was uh, producing or putting together a horror film, this house was awesome. And the shots at night of the house are great too. It's not the same house though as the original. No, not even, not even close. Not even close. The interior. Uh, I was going to say the interior looked because of the stairwell. And yeah, how it, kinda, it, it, it looks look similar. Sim- the interior similar. in the, uh, in the original is much scarier though. I mean. They they try and add some creepy things in into it in this one, but it's not the same. When Pam falls into the that room and there's just live chickens in there and bone decorations everywhere, oh, yeah. it's it's super freaky. And here, there it's just kind of little hints, and it's not that scary. 
What's but the house, the look of it from the outside on those master shots, I love it. I love uh, are it. fantastic. It's Later great. in the film, too, one thing that always stood out to me was the the night shots of that house. Yeah, it just looks really cool. Fantastic. They did that, the way that, they, they backlit cool. it. And yeah, it just, exactly. That was really yeah. cool. Daniel Pearl did a great job. I think I called him Pearlman earlier. It's actually Daniel Pearl. Ron he Pearlman, fit. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, I think it's probably what I was thinking. Hellboy. Um, um, no, but but they get to the house, and you have uh, Kemper and Aaron, and and then what happened? They they this is this is creepy. This guy was creepy to me. This guy like uh, the, super creepy. A man in a wheelchair, older Sup- man. He has no legs from the knees down, and he's in a wheelchair, but for some reason, he's still terrifying. Like still he terrifying. Couldn't, he couldn't physically hurt them. It, it almost seems like he's a harbinger or something. When I saw his face, though, because I realized this was filmed in 2003, I thought it was Hitchhiker from the original movie. Oh, really? Interesting. Just because I was like, okay, it's been 30 years, and, and, I, mm. and I did the research. It's not, but when I first saw it, I was like, that could actually be the same they're oh i see what they're doing you know but that would have been cool that would have been, cool, been right? very cool yeah i would have liked to see that if you look at his face like you could see i can see it now that you say that i can kind of i can see where you think that you know because you He's don't got some of that weird crazy in you it. don't know how people age over 30 plus years so. right right uh but, but this he, dude's like, creepy he's, as hell he's, he's super nasty. creepy and and uh aaron asks you know can we go in or, or, you know, do you know where the sheriff is? And he says, you can use my phone if you want. Aaron goes in. He makes Kemper stay outside. Which, and, would you stay outside? Uh, no. Hell uh, no. You're not going to let your significant other, your wife, no. your girlfriend, just walk into some no. creepy house. In some strange town where everyone's acting really shady. I mean, plus, it's just, there's there's a weird horror of being in the middle of nowhere. Yes, absolutely. Like the weird r- uh, rural, I can barely say that word, uh, existential horror. Like a you very just, strange ambiance to just being isolated. Yes. And it just, it really feels that way. Like when you're driving across country, you're on a road trip or something, and you come into these little towns, there's always that like thing in the back of your head. Maybe it's because I've watched too many of these movies, but there's always that thing. It's like, man, you are at their mercy. No, you, you ask yourself, where do the murders happen? Exactly. Where, exactly. Is right. this where the murders happen, and you're on high alert? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's terrifying. So yeah, I don't. I don't let her go in by herself at all. The Kemper stays there. He's a little smart ass to the uh, the old man, and uh, and Aaron goes in, and she calls the police station, and they say uh, the, the sheriff will be there in half an hour. Then the old man, God, this is disgusting. The old man is in the bathroom, and he's emptying his catheter which is super disgusting. And he, he yells for help for Aaron to help him into his wheelchair. Um, she does. She tries. Well, she, she definitely tries. She's, she's a saint. She tough. is. He, and then he's feeling her up the whole time. He's grabbing her ass and you, he's having a good old time. And he's also kind of looking out the corner of his eye, waiting, you know, looking at someone yeah. or something. And Kemper goes inside because it's been a while and he's looking around for Aaron. And then here's where we get the introduction of Leatherface. And it's, and I it, will say real quick, before you get into this, because that's an important piece. When she was at the phone, we saw a quick intercut back to the mill, and now the sheriff has actually arrived that's at the right. mill. That's right. So we there's kind of these that. multiple lines of action where Aaron and Kemper at the house with who knows what, and the sheriff has now arrived at the quote-unquote crime scene at the mill in the van. 
Right. And he's, and, and, we, and this is, we get our introduction to the best actor in the movie to me. He is so goddamn good in this. He is so scary. He is like the, the best horror, the best possible horror villain I can think of. He's great. He is scary from the second he steps out of that car. And I don't know why he hasn't played more roles like this. And what makes him, it fall, well, I mean, it falls into that, his, his typical kind of cliche category of like, he's super intimidating. Right, right. Like in a very aggressive, mean, scary way. He's it's like intimidating. He was born for this role. Oh, he's he great. really was like, this is like, it, it, like, and you don't know what's wrong. You don't know why he's so scary yet, but you just know he's terrifying until he but, starts until he starts talking. And he tells the blonde muscle kid, I can't remember his name ever. The, the, one, uh, the one Andy, Andy, and he, and they're looking at the, the crime scene and he just tells, tells him get the fuck out of my way, son. <laughs> well, the first thing he says is like, just, just an educated guess. But I, he's looking at the bullet hole through the window. He says, but I would wager your dead body's right there in that van. In that van. You know, just in his, in his, his drawl and his little smart-ass tone. And then he walks back to try and get to the entrance of the van. He goes, excuse me, son, you mind getting the fuck out of the way? And you're like, <laughs> okay, this guy's scary. So, like, he's just, every word out of his mouth made me laugh and cringe at the same time because I'm so terrified. No, he's um, great. But we're intercutting between those, the mill and the scary creepy house with the, the handicapped man. Uh, so I, I, let's go back to Leatherface for a minute. So this is the introduction of yes. Leatherface. Now, in the original, uh, I think it's one of the best introductions and, and scariest moments ever in his first kill because he opens a door. Agree. He kills, he kills uh, not Kirk. I can't remember. Maybe it was Kirk. I can't remember. Kills Kirk with the sledgehammer. Kurt's twitching on the floor. He throws him in the other room and slams the door, and he's in and out in 10 seconds. And in this one, it's similar, but he he kills Kemper with the sledgehammer with two hands, and he drags him behind the door and slams it. It didn't have the same. Th- it just didn't have the same magnitude to me. It wasn't the same, and I don't think Leatherface is nearly as scary in this. He's bigger, the chainsaw scarier, but that's it. I so the introduction was weak, straight up. Because this one I will compare. I'm taking it back to the 73 version, and I agree with you. I think it's horrifying. One shot, open the door, grab him, pull him in, take or take him out, pull him in, close the door, done. Right. Like, what the f- What just happened? Right, exactly. Here it's the traditional, like, Kemper's walking around. He sees a little token of something, like a bracelet on the floor. He kneels down, so he's already in a vulnerable position, like a pansy. And then... <laughs> Out of nowhere, on the low angle shot, now now Leatherface jumps out with the slow jammer, and then the the blood splatters across the TV screen when he hits him. I yeah, it, weak, it just man. didn't have the same. I was like, okay, and then he grabs him and pulls him back, right? And we also see way more of Leatherface here. That's what made it so good in right. the first one is we didn't see it, but like when he grabs Kemper. And he starts pulling him, and they're kind of doing a tracking shot. And then you see a reverse of Kemper's POV, and you kind of get a first glimpse at his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. The mystery starts to dwindle for me. Like, it's already it's starting to go a little bit. Whereas before, you didn't see his face entirely. You weren't sure what the hell he was. Whereas here, you get a little bit of it. And so it's not as... 
Especially because he comes back and when he slides the door, you see the face and you're like, okay, it's a crazed maniac. It's it's not a wide shot, you know. Like, and I but it strips the curiosity, right? I mean, to me, the original like it cuts like there are different cuts and there's a zoom in on Leatherface, but it's really fast. And then, but the 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 kill itself, and then when he slams the door, it's all a wide shot, so you can't really tell what who he is or what he is, and you don't really know. In this one, you can see his features. Yeah. To me, it's not, and the mask feels like a, a mask. Like it feels like a plastic mask. It doesn't feel like it's made of someone's skin. In the original, it feels like some like they made that out of skin. It's it's way creepier. Yeah, I agree. I think the 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 mask makeup is a lot stronger in the original version. It's almost like you're trying to do too much in this one, and and mm-hmm. make it over the overly dramatic. You're trying to Michael Bay that shit, and then it becomes the next yep. thing and it doesn't quite have the the visceral feeling of uh, an authentic piece of just leathery skin right exactly know? yeah they are, yeah I, i'd say that's a good way to put it they're doing the michael bay thing and it's just and i guess we'll maybe we'll just jump into this now i i <coughs> i feel like leatherface in the original i and i know people <coughs> if if you didn't listen to last year's then you're going to listen to you're going to hear my next statement you're going to say the fuck are you talking about but Leatherface in the original is a sympathetic character. He really is. Like, he is just a dude minding his own business. He's abused by his brothers. And these teenagers keep coming into his house. And that's it. You know, like, he's not... He, he's just a, a scared little boy, essentially. In this one, he's mean. They try and they try and have a little bit of that, like, oh, he's just a poor guy. But it's just not... He's just too brutal. Like, he's just... He's, he's, he's a killer. Yeah. You know, he, he enjoys it. He, he, he's not... He's not a, a guy who's bullied into killing people like the original. And he gets so, his, and in this case, he gets his first kill with Kemper, and we're introduced to him. And then simultaneously, back in the mill, the sheriff's oh. now wrapping up the dead body in Saran wrap. Dude, this okay? Just Arlie Ermy is—he's the reason I love this movie. He's the entire reason I love this movie because he's so menacing. He is like he, and I—I'm just gonna gush over him the entire time. The whole point, like, even when he gra- when he f- gets the gun and he goes, oh, where'd she get this? And they're like, he, she had it on her. And he rolls up his, his, his pants. Yeah, this is where puts, we, yeah. And it's like, that's a little weird. What, what, what? You know, like, you don't, you know something's off here. Right. And you don't know what, and you can't place it. And it's very uncomfortable. I mean, you put two and two together when I saw that. That's the reveal, which is like, oh, she... There was some kind of interaction between him and the dead girl, because why would it, that gun just fit so nicely into that holster? So we know it's his, right? Right. And we go, okay, something's off. Like you said, something's off here, and this guy's into something that's not the the type of stuff that a sheriff's usually into. And I think this is the they wrap they wrap her up, and he makes Andy help him. Yeah, he's and... grabbing the head and like, <laughs> and he's just so. I mean. He's just so funny. He's just like, just grab her. She's it's not like, going to bite you. She's deader than a goddamn doornail. You know, it's like just the old cowboy talk. Like just, it just, it reminded me of my grandpa. It's kind of shit he would say, you know, yeah. like stop being a pussy and just do it. <laughs> and, uh, and it, it's just, he's feeling, he's feeling her up and he's just being super creepy the whole time. Oh, he says some, some things that are pretty off putting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I won't even, I don't even want to mention them. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't want to mention that either. But he, they they bad. basically put it, put her, then they wrap her up and they put her in the police car. 
But he, okay, and here's my favorite line of the whole thing. And Jess and I were watching this today, and we both laughed at this. Uh, so Pepper says something along the lines of, you know, this uh, this just seems so wrong, you know, to be doing it this way. And so he turns and yells at her, like, "Hey, nobody has more respect for for a dead body than me," or something like that. And immediately, like, they're they're about to put the dead body in the back of his police car, and he turns to the kids and he's like. <laughs> You get that goddamn nasty thing out of my backseat. <laughs> Just like it's so <laughs> it's so perfect. It it I I don't know if I've ever laughed harder in a horror movie ever. <laughs> Just he's so I, just everything about him. He's just I, I every line he he says is great. No, he's fantastic. And then he takes the body, he just leaves. <laughs> he just leaves. Once again, and so now we have these isolated kids who are trying to find Kemper and Aaron. If Kemper and Aaron had just stayed, it had all been over. Damn yeah. them. I hate this is what I hate about it. This them. is all Aaron's fault, man. Aaron. She wanted to stay in the first place. Then she wanted to run after the kid. Then she wanted to use the phone. Just they should have just bailed, man. And simultaneously now she's didn't find him in the house. And so she's walking through the woods mysteriously by herself, looking for yelling Kemper, Kemper. Like it's fucking Marco Polo. <laughs> That's just so cliche at this point. It's so cliche. She makes it back to the mill, though. She makes it back to the mill. And basically everybody's like, are you okay? Where's Kemper? I thought he came back. You know, the whole deal. Yeah. And so now here we go. You know, let's also, here's the thing that we get in there. We get a little montage, I believe, of... um. Uh, Leatherface, and we see like things in his workshop, little threads and needles, and uh, uh, fingers and ear lobes and different stuff. What was what? And later we get this kind of setup where he's we see him sewing the the right. skin and the parts. What was your takeaway from that? How did you feel about that? Um, other it, than the set design, which I thought was great, it's unnecessary. Like it to me. The they never showed him in the original sewing. Like you don't need you don't need to know that. I hated it. it so much. I hated it so much. The, the I was like, part, I don't need to know that he's a good seamstress. Thank no, you. No, it, it makes. I mean, it, it, we know we already know that he sews faces together. You know, like we already know that. And the thing I hated was seeing him without the mask. Yeah, he takes I, it I, off, I, and you see the deformed no nose. There's, there's no need for it. It just it it ruins the surprise. It the mystery of what's behind the mask is, is ruined. This goes back to what you were saying before. And, and in this case, I definitely agree, which is like, it, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to have all the answers, particularly in that type of a character. I don't want them all because that takes away from the curiosity and the mystique. Yep. It does. It really does. And it's just, it's unnecessary. I don't even want to call it exposition because it's it's just it's pointless. Yeah, it just run it just fills out the runtime. I right. actually laughed when he was sewing. The, it was like this is what we're doing with this part because of the scene. because if you think about it, like you don't really want to think of Leatherface sitting down and sewing. Like to me, no. that's stupid. <laughs> like it's you just you know it, it's like it's like I, I don't know. You just don't want to see. You don't want to think about the actual process of it because it ruins it. Right, right. And at this point, she's back now. And the the four of them go looking and they run across like this automobile graveyard with a bunch of teeth. Uh, if there's automobile parts and all these kind of rundown things and then they see like teeth and like different things. 
human. When I took that to parts. be the old car, all the cars of people they've killed over the years. Yeah. And and inside of them, they find a jar with a photo of the girl that was that committed suicide in their van. Why is it in a jar? Why is it and in a jar in formaldehyde? I don't understand. I, I I guess it's just because it's a movie. There's also know. a family picture in there. So you see the single picture of her and then the family and the baby. And this might be that tie-in that you were alluding to earlier, which is maybe it's her baby and the family stole right. it. That's uh, That's what I'm thinking. It, that's yeah that's the direction i would definitely go to and um but now they 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 end up going back to the house right that's what happens yeah eventually. andy and andy uh no no pepper and morgan they want to leave they that's want right. to leave kemper that's right and bail and andy and aaron don't so they go back to the house and he goes aaron, back to the house with a tire iron in his hand it's so weird man just what? And uh, Aaron goes and she, she's distracting the old man outside in his lovely garden while, while Andy goes in to, uh, to look for Kemper. And, uh, I mean, long story short, he knocks some stuff over. Aaron comes in and then the old man comes in. And then, I, honestly, I thought this part was scary. I did. Like, to me, this part is, is freaky. This is the first time we see the chainsaw. And the guy, like the old man, is just like, He's just so scary and creepy and just the way he talks and his ugly face. And and he does some his, kind of signal with his cane on the ground. He's pounding he's the pounding cane the on floor. the ground. Yeah. And I think that's a signal for Leatherface to come out. And so Leatherface comes out with the chainsaw. Now, I will again, Leatherface, I don't think is nearly as scary as in the original. The chainsaw is the thing that's scarier because it's louder. It has smoke uh, and it's bigger. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're going to ramp up the chainsaw. For the remake but to me that's the only thing that's scary when when he shows up in the door with that it's i was pretty freaked out he starts yelling the guy in the chair wheelchair too he's like bring it bring, bring it, it. And, and he's like bring what what are you talking about <laughs> and so i thought it was uh i don't know just i i like how this part was done because it is you know because escape is behind the old man in the chair you know yeah so it just it just felt like they were kind of trapped as a little claustrophobic i like that uh, except for when it's Andy, right? The he mm-hmm. he falls and he holds the tire iron up, and then Leatherface slams the tire iron with the chainsaw, and he's fighting it back like a chainsaw <laughs> with the with the tire iron. I'm like, what are you? What is this? And also, Leatherface is I don't know, man. I this is where I started. I get what you're saying about the chainsaw, but this to me just you lost me. You lost the appeal and the the straight you know, insanity and just monstrous nature of Leatherface. I got lost. Wait, wait, you mean he was too big? He was too, he it just didn't carry the same resonance as before. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. And I just got lost in, okay, it, it, it was almost comical. Whereas yes. for me in the original, it is terrifying. It is scary, right? I yes. mean, he, he chases Aaron, uh, not Aaron. He chases the one kid through the laundry, hanging in the sheets. You know, his movements are really, they've always been slow, but like his movements are very clunky in this one too. And they just don't have, like, if you think of the, of the last one at the end of the film, like he's got some Corey, he's, he's good. He oh, like, dude, he's swinging that he's thing swinging around, that thing and, around yeah. and it looks like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to wield that sucker. Whereas here it just doesn't have the same 
kind of fluid choreography is my point. Right. And right. so it's he's, not as scary. It, it feels like you can escape it a lot easier. And exactly. It's just not as scary. Uh, I do like though. He, he gets Andy. He, he gets cuts him. off his leg, which is great. He does. And he, he chops that leg right off. Yeah. I goes through it like paper and then he brings him downstairs. And I don't know if this is in sequence or if we cut away, but at, he, he, they do the hook thing. And I thought it was done. You know, it's not as, it's not as well done as in the original when they hang Pam on the hook. Cause her reaction the acting is so fantastic. There's no way you could ever top that. But they do hang Andy on the hook, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it cuts, it cuts back, I think, because it shows Aaron run off and try to get in the van with Pepper, and they don't have the keys, I don't think, and they try to do a, a cold start with the van. And then it cuts back to the house with Leatherface, and he throws Andy up on the hook. And it was good. It was good. What was interesting here, too, I thought was kind of, I don't know if it was like over the top or it felt is that Leatherface grabs a handful of salt, like chunk <laughs> salt, and puts it on the wound and then ties it off with butcher paper. Well, and the way I took it, and I don't know I don't know how butchers do their job, but it seems like something a butcher would do with cattle, you know? Like yeah, this whole movie is basically just telling us that we're we're the cattle, that people are the cattle. It was definitely some kind of uh preservation. I, and guess, I, I, of, I do like I do like how I, I liked that part just because it felt like it's the first time I felt where for Leatherface, it's just business as usual. You know, it's just every day for me, whereas before it felt like he's he's really trying to hunt these guys in the original. It just felt like, well, this is just what we do. You know, we hang people up and we chainsaw them and yeah. we eat them. So it was the first time that I felt that he was just kind of going through the motions. And then it cuts back to the three of them. They're all at the back of the van. The sheriff shows up, doesn't he? Why did yeah, he? he does. Wait, I don't get where he came from, though. Did he just come back? I guess so. I can't remember. I think he just came back. He comes back. He starts now. He's absolutely, once again, terrifying here. And this is what the thing is. I think we're establishing. And now it's dark. It's dark, but I think he's scarier than Leatherface. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, when he shows up, it's terrifying. Because at this point, you don't, I mean, you know he's bad, but you don't know. Like, he's just kind of off. And you know that that chick had his gun, but you don't know how bad, which to me is way scarier. Because he's put, yeah, he's basically threatening them. He's on the ground. They're absolutely frightened. It cuts back to, this is where it cuts back to Leatherface in the house. Seam, he's a, some seamstress and that's he's sewing right. together Kemper's face. That's right. That's, right. that's, that's pretty funny. Um, but he does, he pulls him out of the van because he finds a little tiny roach of a joint. Yeah. Like just a little bit of a joint. And so that's when he, and you know, he, he just goes ape shit. And it's, uh, and then, I mean, to me, this, the next, this is the scariest scene in the entire movie. Oh yeah. For me, he gets Morgan in the van and it is, this is done so well. It's so intense. And obviously it, it doesn't work without Arlie Ermey, but I also think, I also think it'd be scary on its, on its own. So, and I can't remember who directed it, but he did a fantastic job in this scene because I was, very nervous and he basically makes morgan reenact the entire event of the girl committing suicide in their van yeah makes and him he, take the gun put it in his mouth pull the trigger, pull the well, trigger. He's, well he doesn't uh, well he doesn't but what does he say he says something along the lines of i you know i've never seen a gun go off without someone's finger on the trigger right you know and it's just every word out of his mouth is so scary and terrifying and uh then Morgan 
turns the gun on him. And, you know, obviously, the second he gives Morgan the gun, you're thinking, pull it on him. You know, like, yeah. point it at him. Turn it around and point it at him. Yeah. The entire time. You're begging him to do it. And he finally does it. And um, and he's kind of egging him on. He's like, do it. Pull the trigger. Do it. Do it. And he turns around to the girls. He's like, if he does it, you're all accessories to murder. And he pulls the trigger and click. You know, not not loaded. No bullets. No bullets. So that scene is so well done. Yeah, that is a great scene. And uh, both actors do really good. They do. And I kind of I would have liked to see Morgan get his head blown off, though. He's annoying. You wanted to see that. Yeah, you wanted I would have loved him. to see him, man. He he he's he 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 dragged on for way too long for my taste. His well, his time will come, but it will come. <laughs> he redeems himself a little bit. Yeah, uh, a little bit. And then here's what I don't get. Did they leave the girls at? The van, he left. He takes Morgan in his sheriff's car. Yeah, and he leaves and them he there. And just leaves the girls again. Right. Um, Which is, it just, I mean, you just, he's not a sheriff. He's not a sheriff. No, but this is where they tried to escape. The girls try to start the van and get out. Right. Right. <laughs> they, she all of a sudden is some um, juvenile delinquent um, who knows how to hard, hot start a car. She can, she can hotwire the car. She can break into locks with a knife. She's obviously uh, had a shady past, but she won't smuggle weed. But she won't do the weed. <laughs> she won't do the weed. She has limits, okay? She'll steal cars. She'll, uh, she'll break into houses, but she won't, she won't sell weed. <laughs> but it's, they get away, though. Well, they start to get away. She starts the car, and then guess who shows up? But not before Morgan goes to the sheriff's house and gets the shit beat out of him. Well, and this, I mean, and then again, Morgan's in the car riding in the back seat, riding with the sheriff. And even this is scary. And Arlie Ermey is drinking. He's drinking his whiskey while he's driving. And he's just, he's just messing with him at this point. And, uh, my, what did he say? He was talking about, you know, where are your kids going? Going to oh, go yeah. see Skinner. He's like, hell, I like Skinner. We got something in common. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with your tickets now? Hot shot. I, just the way he says everything. And then he smashes him with a bottle of whiskey, which, I mean, it, it, just, it just. You were like, yes. I, yes. It just everything about him. He's just, he should have been the movie. I mean, I don't care about Leatherface. I don't care about the rest of the family. Yeah. But every scene he's in, I'm just, my eyes are glued and I'm scared shitless. Yeah, because we go back to the van and the girls are trying to get away. And now Leatherface arrives at the van and he starts tearing up the van with the chainsaw. But, right. And this scene is it's clunky because uh, first he jumps on top of the van, he starts trying to cut through the roof with the chainsaw. They jump out. She never le- what I hated was Pepper jumps out of the van, starts running. He starts running after her. Uh she throws like canisters back at him. She trips, falls. He goes and gets her, cuts her up, does his thing. And the whole time Aaron's just sitting in the van. <laughs> I hated that. I was like, get the hell it's, out. It's just very cliche horror shit. Like, it's just, it's, it's dumb. Wouldn't it's you just dumb. be, I mean, granite, pepper, you know, pepper's gone. So you just got to save yourself. But you know what? Here's the thing. Like, Kemper, she's been with him for three years. She's known Andy forever. She's known Morgan forever. They just met Pepper yesterday. Yeah. So I don't think she's going to have any real tie to this girl. So I don't think she's going to have a problem just bailing. The only reason that scene exists and Aaron's not booking it. Because she should be booking it right now. 
She should be out of that area, running, doing whatever. I wouldn't be sticking around. I'd no. at least want a, a leg up on Leatherface. <laughs> yeah. But the only the only reason this scene makes me laugh and, and it works is because after he cuts up Pepper and he turns around, and Aaron has to be in the car because he's got to look at her and he's got Kemper's face on his face. And, Which, and that to me was classic. That was funny as hell. That was funny. Like it wasn't scary. It wasn't shocking. It was funny. It was funny. It was as hell. It was comical. Have you have you ever seen House of a Thousand Corpses? I've never seen it. I've never okay, watched. It's, it. it's Rob Zombie's first movie. It's right. bananas. It's wild. Like it. It almost feels like uh, like an unofficial remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But right. there's a point where one character. It's done. It's done much better in that movie. It's still like campy and dumb, but it's much better. It's much, much more skillfully done. Yeah, because this one was was, wearing a was, face. was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it I, didn't I was, work. I was like, oh my gosh, camper's face. This is out. It I'm didn't a, work. It causes her to run though. She runs to a camper, like randomly gets there in if two seconds, and then opens the door to this camper, and we have these two just. This, there's some weird people inside. Okay, so what did you think about this scene? The, the scene in the camper or the scene on the way to the camper where Leatherface is chasing her through the woods? Uh, well, that I mean, that kind of felt like an homage to the first one. That, exactly. And, and there's a cool shot, the slow-mo shot of, of her with Leatherface in soft focus in the back. That was a cool yeah, shot. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But what did you think of the, 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 the camper? So you have a, a random, weird lady that's middle-aged and then an older woman. Right? Very fat. Very, very fat. Very fat, older woman. Um, what I, I just I bought, I've got to hear your take on this one. I I mean, she seems so gullible. I guess she just falls into the cliche. Like first off, as soon as I get into the camper and I see these two, I'm out. Well, here's the thing: I'm Even not sticking that, around in that camper either. Here's the this is this this part drove me. This part bugged me more than anything else. She runs up to the camper and she's pounding on the door. And she's trying to open it, and it won't open. So she doesn't run away. She sits down on the steps. Leatherface is chasing her, and she just sits down on the front steps. Like, to me, that's dumber than waiting in the van earlier after, after Pepper got right. chainsawed. Like, you, he's literally feet behind you, and you just, you just chill there. But they do it so they can have the jump scare of the door opening and her getting grabbed. And she goes in, meets these two crazies, asks for the telephone. They say, we don't have a telephone. Then minutes later, as they're having a discussion, the telephone rings. Interesting. So, and then we also get a glimpse into this middle-aged lady who looks creepy with a baby. Yeah. She even and says, I think she, Aaron says something like, that's, you, that's not yours. So she, she, she comes in. I love this camper scene. And again, it's because it's one of those what the fuck moments where it's like, what is going on? What like what is happening? These people are being so kind to her, but obviously Leatherface is chasing and they're not scared of him. They know him. But, you know, it's just it's just one of these things where as a viewer, I'm trying to put the pieces together and I don't understand what's going on, which is a little bit more disorienting, which gives us a little bit of mystery. So I liked I liked that. And plus, I really liked the fat lady. I thought she was hilarious. I thought she was great. And they drug Aaron with tea, basically knock her out. They drug, they drug her with tea. And, uh, and when she wakes up, she's at the sheriff's pouring beer over her face. 
they're in the house of the handicapped guy on the wheelchair <laughs> and the mom that was at the gas station. So they're, it's a family, of course. And now she wakes up in their family room. Here's, so here's, here's what I think. Here's how I think they're all related. I'm just going to guess. This is my theory. I oh, think and by the, the way, sheriff... before you get into it, by the way, the kid, the young boy that we were talking about with the weird prosthetic teeth, mm-hmm. he's outside of the house. So you have the mom in the gas station, the sheriff, the guy in the wheelchair, and the kid all in the house. Yes. And, and Leatherface. The, the kid's trying to get in, and, and uh, the woman won't let him in. And I think it's because she was messing with the, our group of people, our group of teens or whatever. I don't know what it was. But here's how I think they're all related. I think the sheriff and the old man in the wheelchair, I think, are brothers. I think the sheriff is married to the woman in the gas station. I think uh, that that middle-aged girl might be their daughter. I don't know. And then I don't know how the fat lady is related. But I think both kids, I think the kid with the teeth and the baby, I think are stolen from other people. That's my theory. And Leatherface would be their son. Uh, yeah, and Leatherface is their son. Yes. That, that's, that's my guess. Totally uneducated. I have nothing to back it up, but that's just my theory. Seems good to me. But here's the thing about it is when she wakes up and then there, she's at the house of the family and Leatherface then throws her down the stairs and puts her in some kind of basement dungeon. See, it's not as scary as when the girl wakes up in the original and it's just like she's tied. Like it's just not doesn't have the same effect. You know, they, they needed a, a dinner scene. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I don't scene. I don't know how you remake this movie and don't have a dinner scene. I don't know, because that dinner scene is amazing. Unless they just saw it and they're like, there's no way we can even. Yeah, come we close. can't. We can't do that because, because that was terrifying. Their their answer to that is to put her in a basement that has a, a a water pipe problem that just is leaking. Everything's so fucking wet in this movie. And, and uh, well, I told my wife, I mean, this is how they had to get her white shirt wet. Finally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even later on, they have to turn on the the sprinklers. They have to, yeah, just to get her shirt wet again. <laughs> so, uh, uh, my wife goes, at least she has a bra on this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but you could, I mean, that's Michael Bay right there. Yeah. I mean, you notice how her, her shirt was tied the entire time so you could see her stomach? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like it didn't come undone of at course. all. Like it's, yeah, it was it's perfect. Michael Bay. It yeah. never fell undone as she was running and going. But she runs into uh, what's the, the one kid? Um, Jedediah. No. The kid with the teeth. Not the, well, she does run in, but I'm thinking. Oh, uh, Andy. Andy. And, yeah, Andy. She runs into Andy, uh, who's hanging up by a hook, and a, he asks her. Uh, to kill, to kill it. Well, and here's the thing. And, and this, I was watching it with Jess and she was, this really bothered her because you come in and he is in a Christ-like pose. Right. You know, like Andy, who a char- a throwaway character who we don't care about, who is in the movie for all of five minutes, is like supposed to be this like Christ-like figure on a cross. Right. And uh, it, it was just like the way it was shot. He was just bathed in light right above him. And his arms are out like this. And, and you see you shots know. of his toes touching the keys. It's, and it's Exactly. Like... And then she's like, she kills him because he asked her to. And then it, it feels very, it just so much religious symbolism here that makes no sense in the context of the movie at all, as far as I can tell. And even the way she's kind of like, it's almost, it almost feels like she's begging at his feet. 
as you know, as someone would do to Jesus while he's on the cross, you know, like it yeah. just felt really, really stupid. Yeah. Why do we why do we care about him? No, I know. I mean, it would have made more it would have made more sense if it was Kemper because they have that relationship. Right. But it still wouldn't have made any sense. It wouldn't have made any sense, but it would have made actually it would have. You're right. I think if they had changed that and had it be Kemper, it would have had a little more dramatic appeal. But then you but then you lose the face gag earlier on. And I call it a gag because it's hilarious. Oh, it's like we mentioned, it's <laughs> it's, the, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then she runs into so she kills Andy and then runs into Morgan, right? Yes. Who's not dead yet. And they basically try to get away. And the little kid helps them tunnel through this underground water labyrinth of a house. <clears throat> like all these dumpy houses obviously have those. They just dig in like, yeah, I mean, it goes forever. First off, how is it so big? Anyway, the little kid with the prosthetic teeth helps him get out. Then Leatherface comes in with the chainsaw. Cool shots here of Leatherface going down with the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And like the way that the slat lighting is with the wood and like the smoke. Like that stuff's cool. But it did, you know what, it, all it did, it felt like a haunted house. It's like, oh, this yes. is where they got, I mean, we know that haunted houses pulled a lot of these ideas from the movie, the original, right? Right. Like when you see the guy at the end of the haunted house, it's always the chainsaw guy. Yep, always. That's what this felt like. Yeah, it, it did. It, I mean, I've been in haunted houses uh, that had this exact setup. And, it, yeah. and, I, and maybe they pulled it from this. I don't know. But it, it just it felt that's what it felt like. Exactly. And so they get out. Leatherface chases them out. Cool shots here with the backlight of the house, the house, too, like we mentioned before. But this is where I just this this part. I got to ask you about this. Leatherface comes out. Oh, no, this is not there yet. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm there. I think I'm jumping the gun because they find some other random house on the property, right? And they go inside this random house on the property like to hide. How, what the hell? I mean, a shed, a house, something, what? some dilapidated building. Yeah. And he follows them inside. And she hides Morgan in one spot and she hides in another, right? Yep. And Morgan, by the way, I do want to say one thing about Morgan. I, I did like that when she found him, he was sitting in a bathtub. Oh, yeah. And he had, I don't know if you saw on his back, he had been hung on a hook. Oh, I didn't see that. Like his back was all torn up right in, right where he would be hung. And I thought that was cool that they kind of implied it without actually having to show it. Without like I just, a, yeah. I thought that was a little added thing. Well, Perlman does a great job lighting these scenes. These are really cool looking, you yeah. know, like the dilapidated building and you have the strokes or the, not the strokes, the streaks of light, light coming through. And like, I think it's filmed very cool. It looks really good. But she hides in a corner and he hides in a, Morgan hides in a closet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Morgan's barely alive at this point. Yeah. And then Leatherface comes in and there's basically a showdown, right? Well, he's about to kill Aaron. Aaron's on the ground and Leatherface is about to saw her to death. And uh, Morgan redeems himself by kind of... uh, not jumping in front of the saw, but basically trying to knock over, knock Leatherface over. And yeah, because he, he he can barely function, but he knocks the chainsaw out of his hand. Dude, and, and in this final chase, there are like five times where she could have grabbed that chainsaw. Yeah, why? At when, least. Because he knocks the chainsaw out of his hand, and then they're wrestling, and she should have grabbed the chainsaw. Instead, she starts hitting him. Get off him. Get off him. <laughs> 
Like, Super effective. I cannot think of a better solution to this problem. Like, what are you doing? And then Leatherface does a cool. I liked how he hung him up on the light, though, on the chandelier thing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Although there's no way that's going to hold a person, but still, that's pretty I cool. I mean, especially in an old building that's yeah, so has one wire hanging that's holding <laughs> yeah, that lamp up. Exactly. I I'm mean, surprised it even has a lamp. <laughs> and then he cuts, he cuts Morgan, and then she runs. And then we get another traditional kind of chase scene in the woods, in the, in the TCM chase scene. Right. Like very cool again. The, I think the the lighting of that looks cool. And this was the shot I think I was alluding to earlier. Maybe I jumped the gun uh, of his soft focus background with the smoke coming up in her slow motion run. Yeah. It's scary. It's, it's scary. Cool. It's cool looking. It um this chase, I actually like this chase scene better than the chasing in the original because they go to different locations. They go to different locations and it doesn't take 400 hours. Yeah, exactly. It, and they're not just running around the house, basically. Except for I got, here's what I got, I got to ask you. Okay. This was also comical. They're running. She jumps through a, a gated a fence, a barbed wire fence. He jumps through a barbed wire fence and cuts his leg on with the saw because he trips. Right. And that's, that's an homage to the original when he cut his leg. I know, but the way it was filmed... I laughed my ass off. <laughs> like, cause you hear him physically grunting like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I, he, I think he does go. Ah, <laughs> like it's, he, he sounded like a human for once. Yeah, exactly. And it just didn't fit the, well, and the thing, the, the, the thing it, in the original that made it so good is they got a bunch of like raw chicken. And when they saw it, like it, it looked like flesh coming out. Of yeah. It pants. looked good. And this one, it just everything just splatters out. You but know, it was like more his reaction. Was, I was laughing. Yeah, at, like yeah, oh my god, it's gosh. pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. I he think he's silent in the first it. one. Is I mean, you hear it, but he he's a man's man. He holds I can't his. Remember. He yeah, holds he just, his. I don't think you hear anything. But she runs out into the road. I thought this was where it was going to end. To be yeah, honest. I did too. I did too. Because I was like, oh, we're going to homage the diesel, the semi the Black Maria. Yeah, that's the name of the truck. The Black exactly. Maria. It's so exactly. good. Exactly. And, but I mean the car because you see a car coming and it stops and she rather than try and get in immediately she's pounding on the hood like a insane woman like a psychopath and so when she does try to go in the car takes off because that's what you do when someone's pounding on your hood right <laughs> she had a chance to be saved and she blew it except for the semi comes picks her up starts taking her but takes her well, but first but first before that they go to the slaughterhouse which is since the the original talked a lot about the slot about slaughterhouses and working in slaughterhouses, I think that's what was missing in the original. And I didn't know it until watching the remake that they like that would have been really cool to have them go into an actual slaughterhouse. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Right. Now, is this uh, the thing about the slaughterhouse? It's a cool scene, but she's going through a bunch of carcasses. They're all animal carcasses. They're pigs and stuff right right they're all like cows and pigs and stuff like that um and let is there is there some human ones in there i can't remember i don't um, think so i don't think i don't think that's where they do their killing but i just from the original there's so much talk about how they kill the cows in the slaughterhouses and and about the family working in the slaughterhouses so to me it, ma it totally makes sense to have it there and i think that's something that would have been cool to see in the original except for when she falls and then Leatherface throws his chainsaw and misses and she's got her legs open and then it misses. He's going to cut her crotch area. 
that whole scene, I'm like, what is going? This is so, I'm sorry, well, it felt so clunky. This is where it, it felt well, clunky. Even uh, when when he hung up Morgan on the chandelier, I think he was chainsawing him from the crotch up. Yeah, like they didn't explicitly show it, but to me, that's what he was doing. Well, you're just referring back to your bone tomahawk. Yeah, well, that and that's what it made me think of, like, obviously. Yeah, she hides and, again though in the in the slaughterhouse. In she just keeps hiding closets. Like, can she not outrun this dude? Let's be honest. You would think so. She looks I mean, fit, and he looks dude, like he hasn't run uh, in in more than one day in his life. So, dude, he's got like he's like two hundred forty pounds. He's got a giant chainsaw. He's got to lug around. Yeah, I, I think she can outrun him. Just go but, right. But just not go. only that, she hides in a locker. He actually walks past her. Yeah, he walks past her, and she starts banging on the locker, trying to get his attention for some reason. Yeah, I don't understand the banging of the locker. Well, she and she comes out, and she cuts off his arm. She hacks off his arm. Well, with you, a you can't just blow by that. We got to talk about that because that was hilarious. Well, yeah, she's hiding in a locker. It's like she finally got away. He walks past her. Then she starts banging on the locker from the inside, screaming, "Hey, hey!" So he comes back, obviously, and it, it teases like with all the shots that you know you think he's going to open up the locker with her in it, and he opens up one with a bunch of pigs in it or something. I can't remember. And so she jumps out of the locker next to it and hacks off his arm with a cleaver. Hilarious. I mean, she comical. done like two, I think it was two hacks. Comical, maybe three, Alan. This was comical. And right through his arm. And when that chainsaw hits the ground and his arm's still attached and it's spinning in circles. Oh, so good, man. I was He's laughing, trying to get it. I was laughing oh, my ass off great, again. Man. But again, she could have picked up the chainsaw and ended it right there. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah, problem over. She doesn't. But she runs out no. and finds a diesel that stops her in the road. He ends up putting her in. They they try to go back, but they or they drive down the road, and then ultimately she sees they're going back to the gas station. And now she is essentially the hitchhiker because she says all the stuff that the hitchhiker said in the first one. Can't go back there. Don't go back. I just want to go home. Right. She starts taking the wheel so just like the hitchhiker did. When in this time does the family have – a chance to take a photo of her and put it in a jar in a car in the automobile. <laughs> they must have done that when she was sleeping. She, yeah, okay, good. When she got, yeah, when she got knocked out with the tea, that's where they. That's good. You figured it. That's where they it. took the photo and put it in formaldehyde and put it in the automobile graveyard. That's what I do, man. I okay. I, I solve plot you, holes. You 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 break plot points. <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, but so then they, then they uh, pull up to the gas station, and I guess the family is moved their their family night to the gas station from the that's house. the other thing they went from the house to the gas station <laughs> and they're all just hanging out in the gas station and they look like a happy family they really do yeah and they got the baby in there and they got uh arlie ermy and the grandma or the mom or whatever and then the middle-aged woman and they're all you know going goo goo gaga to the baby and it's all fun and um we know who these people are the truck driver doesn't and he's right. trying to get help so she bails from the from the semi. She looks in the window. I mean, she could have got away here too. I know, but why I, go up and look in the window? Now all of a sudden, she's interested in saving the baby. But we don't know that yet. We see her see the baby, but we don't know she has the baby yet. Cut to her trying to hotwire something, and we think it's the semi. And so then you know it, it shows Arlie Ermy coming up and trying to look in the semi. And oh, that's right. Shining the flashlight in there, and they're kind of teasing that she's in there. And he opens the door and she's not there. She's in, she's in his police car. And at this point, it cuts back to uh, the, the middle-aged woman. She goes, my baby's missing. My baby's missing. And then 
I love this. I love this part where she runs over Arlie Ermy. Oh, yeah. Backs up. And I'm thinking, do it again. Do it again. Backs over him again. Then puts it in a drive one more time just to be sure. For I love it. I loved it because it's not just, you know, it's not just one of these half-assed do that. And then the, the villain pops up again. Yeah. But what happened to Leatherface and all this? He just lost his arm and that was it, right? I know he, he makes one more appearance. He falls. He falls down. He falls down in the locker room. He's done until that bookend piece that we'll get to in just a minute. Well, not not only then they got to do, and they this is another little homage part that I think totally failed. Well, oh, you're right. He does repeat, reappear with the in the street with the chainsaw. Right. Yeah. And it's nighttime and it's raining, and and he I think he chainsaws the side of the police car. She's driving away, and then he he does a little bit of the swinging thing that he did at the end of the original, but it's not the same. Yeah. So she has the baby in the car driving down the street, and then you're right. He comes out. With one arm, it does a pansy dance. Yeah, I think he's one swing, and that's about it. He doesn't even do a cool homage. And sorry, to tell, and then what I hated was there is a shot there where it pushes in after they drive by, and you see his face, and he's like staring down the car. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, it, totally. What? Why? There's just no need. Why do you do that? I didn't want. Why it. do you do that? I don't know. I didn't want. They just that. went. They went way over the top with Leatherface. They really kind of blew it. Um, and then but, Lara Kett comes back in with the, the book-ended voiceover. And I thought this was cool. And I, I, I thought it was cool just because I didn't see this coming. Because the original, uh, she gets away and, that, and it, you know, it, it cuts to him swinging his chainsaw in a gorgeous shot by Daniel Pearl. And then the movie ends. So I didn't see this coming, and I, I kind of liked it. I know it's super cheesy and cliche, but I kind of liked it. You mean uh, the book and a piece where we go back to the officer who's going through the crime scene, and then yeah. all of a sudden it shows that he got taken out too, and then we see glimpses of Leatherface still alive and unknowingly yeah. somewhere in the world? It's so stupid, and it sets up its sequel bait, <clears throat> and it's dumb. And implausible, but I liked it. I did. I just because I didn't see it coming. That's the only reason why. And they also name him though, which I hate. They yeah, they, I didn't like that. They came and I said think Thomas they, Hewitt, also known as Leatherface. I think I think they named uh, him and the family in in part two with with National Treasure Dennis Hopper. Yeah, because they're the Sawyer family. So they changed the name, and I think his name is Bubba, if I'm not mistaken. His real name two in, is uh, in the original. Comedy. Two. <laughs> of, uh, two is a different monster. Oh, my gosh. That's a different monster. That's not even a horror month movie. That's like a just dumb comedy movie. And, that, and that's it. I mean, yeah, directed by Marcus Nispel. I think uh, overall, good, good job uh, stylistically, and we'll get into <laughs> I have my breakdown here for you. Tell me some quiz. Do you have trivia or anything like that? Okay. I got, I got a good one. So the kid, Jedediah, the kid uh, with the teeth. He's also the kid in the ring. Okay. He is the lawyer version of Doogie Hauser. That kid at 13 years old was admitted to UCLA. At, That's crazy. At 18 years old, he was admitted to Harvard Law. That's crazy. At 18, and now he's a lawyer. That's crazy. It's nuts. Like, this kid is multi-talented. Except for they should have gave him better prosthetic teeth. Yeah, they should have. But honestly, he's a good, he was a good actor. 
he could have had a, a great career, I think, if he had stayed acting. But I think he, he's he probably smart. To, I think he made the right choice. I think he probably did. I mean, I mean, I, I can't think of many other than like um, uh, the Hobbit. God, what's his name? Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. Other than Elijah Wood, I can't think of many child actors who have made it. Look, Haley Joel Osment, a little bit. Yeah, Haley Joel's done okay. He's done okay. I mean, He's how, not like how, a what are we considering name, child? Like, they started when they were like eight, five. Yeah, I'd say something like that. Okay. Like Macaulay Culkin, that didn't that didn't pan out. He's good. He got money. He got money. He uh, he's living pretty, but he, he didn't have a long career. No, no, I, it's pretty limited. It's pretty limited. Yeah, for sure. Elijah Wood, and that's about it, I think. Well, that kid's hella talented, man. That's for sure. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was pretty cool. I Smart have kid. I have. Uh, do you have another piece here? Uh, I think I kind of went through all of them. Uh, one thing I didn't like is that Andrew Brinyarski. Uh, Brinyarski. Yeah, the Leatherface character. The guy who played Leatherface. Um, at one point, he talked trash about Gunnar Hansen, who played the original Leatherface, That's and he said that he was a far better Leatherface. Oh boy! And man, you know, I don't, I don't take things personally, but you don't talk trash about Gunnar Hansen. Gunnar Hansen made that character. He made that character sympathetic. Now we got a problem. Granted, I'm, I'm a little five five, short little guy, and he's like probably six four and two fifty. But I think my rage. At that disrespect, I think would give me superpower strength and I could take him. You you don't Andrew, you don't ever disrespect Gunner. You don't disrespect Gunner Hansen. You, you can't do that. Don't man. bring that shit into my He's house. He's royalty. You don't bring that shit into my house. You don't, man. Bullshit. Uh um, I agree. There's there's also a um a prequel that they did after this one made a ton of money. And it's awful. I wanted to talk about that real quick because this was a, obviously a wide release. Um, it was about a $9 million budget and it made about $66 million in the U.S. So like you had mentioned, like pretty pretty decent, uh, you know, uh, box office receipts, right? So that doesn't surprise me that they would have gone and made a, a prequel to this. How was yeah. I haven't seen the prequel and you say it's what it, you would uh, expect it to be. It's one of those things where... You, you know, we've talked about it on this very podcast that it's you, you don't reveal too much. You yeah. know, like they tell you that Arlie Ermey was never really the sheriff. He just impersonated the sheriff. Like it's just it's just things that, that make it less scary and less interesting. Right, right. So it's just it's not it's not nearly as good. So I should go watch it right now. Yeah. I mean, I can tell how much you love this one. So well, you that's why I want to get into these critical the responses prequel. And your summation and, and rating. Um, do you want me to go first on this one? Yeah. Why don't Why don't we have you go first? So, couple. I'll I'll jump into the Rotten Tomatoes scores, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll we'll let you uh, round it out for us. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Rotten Tomatoes was not kind to this movie. It was not kind. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> has this one sitting at a at a high thirty seven percent. Oh come on! That's got to be the critics. Um, and so, so, okay. So the, di the differentiator there, you have the, the critics at 37%. You're correct. The audience at 58% still rotten. Okay. That's yeah. Still rotten, but that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, IMDB comes in as 6.2. So, wow. That kind of surprises me. Uh, that's, I would have thought fives. I would have thought fives. I would have thought fives Here's my favorite too. one though. Um, 
uh, Leonard Malton, right, acclaimed critic, awarded the film one and a half out of four, uh, complimenting the film's intensity, but criti- criticized the lack of likable characters and lack of human of humor, which was present in the original, stating, once it kicks into gear, it's brut- brutally unrelenting toward its unappealing characters and the audience. Um, I would kind of agree with that, actually. Because I, I, it is it is intense, and it is pretty brutal, and it doesn't really let up. That that I also agree with, and that's why when I read that review, I actually that was part of my summation, right? It was like, okay, that's kind of where I'm sitting on this thing. Um, however, there was one more I wanted to read, which I thought was very funny from uh well let me let me pull it up here hold on i'll cut this part out i just got to pull up the oh right you're good one. where is it here it is roger this, this is the one i had to pull up so roger ebert gave the film a rare zero stars out of four oh, come on Zero, come on, man. That is not, that's not cool. Calling it a contemptible film, vile, ugly, and brutal. There is no shred of evidence to see it. Oh, come on, man. Here's for you. Those who defend it will have to dance through the mental hoops of their own devising, defining its mean, its, its, uh, its meanness and despair as a style or vision or a commentary on our world. Anyway, zero out of four. What? It's not. I mean, I'm not sure it's supposed to have a commentary on our world. Uh, other than we're all just a bunch of uh, <laughs> a bunch of cattle. Cattle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, they even have Jessica Biel go through the cattle shoots. Yeah. Like it, I mean, it couldn't be more on the nose. Well, here's my quick. I mean, I read those because they kind of stood out and made me laugh. Um, I uh, a couple things here. On this one, Alan, I think uh, for me, it's almost, you know, uh, it, it doesn't hold up and you wouldn't expect it to, <laughs> right. right, to the predecessor. Sometimes it's hard to do that. I think there are times when uh, a remake can surpass. I think it's, I'd have to really dig deep and find one, but I'm not saying it's not uh, possible. In this case, it's not even close. Like, it's not even close. So the business side of it, I get. They made money. Good for them. If they asked me to produce Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake for $10 million and come out with 100 plus worldwide on the side, I'd say, where do I sign my name? I'm with you. I get it. <clears throat> but it's like the thing about that works so well for the first one is the primitive nature of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And... Because of that, all those other elements align. The characters, the curiosity, the creepiness, all those things. And this one's just too polished, you know, for me. It's too slick. It has, it's too well done. And you're like, what does that mean? I just mean it's, it's, it's too orchestrated. It's, it's too beautifully composed in, in how everything works out. And even in the clunky stuff that's stupid and campy, it's still polished. It's like there's no grittiness to what's happening. And I think you miss out a little bit of that when you do a remake. You know, one of the, and I'll I'll jump you look at something like Saw, the original. Like it once again, it's gritty. 
It's indie. It's got a vibe to it, an atmosphere. And a lot of that gets lost over time throughout, uh, which is not an uncommon theme for these type of horror movies. So I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And I'll go back to my feeling notes at the beginning. <laughs> I'm indifferent. That's literally what I wrote on my, my feelings. Um, I'm indifferent. I don't think anyone needs to see it. And I also don't think they don't need to see it. If they see it, good for them. If they don't, hallelujah. Whatever. <laughs> like, moving on to next next movie for Horror Month. Um, so, I'm going to come in uh, at a... We're going to do 5.6. It's a little bit higher than I was expecting. 5.6... Damn it, I didn't think of a good one. Um, <laughs> it was tough. It was. It took me a minute to, to, to think of one. I'm going to do 5.6. I'm going to be a bitch here and just cop out. 5.6 chainsaws. Nice. I think that's good. I think that's a, that's a good one. Okay. I know what you're saying. I follow what you're saying. And I don't even necessarily disagree with what you're saying. But I'm going to defend this movie. Because I think as far as a remake goes, I think it's good. I don't think you could remake this movie and do any better than they did at all. Um, it was obviously not made for the Chainsaw fans. It was not made for people like me. It was made for a mainstream audience so they could make money. That's, that's what it was. Michael Bay found um, a relatively untapped market at the time in horror remakes and he milked the hell out of it. And he's done pretty damn well with it. And his fingerprints are all over it. And despite that, I still I still like it. Like, I really like this movie. It's, it's dumb, and it's cliche, and it has every single horror trope you can think of. Forgettable characters, stupid characters, weird chase scenes, uh, an overly produced villain. Like, it has all of those hallmarks, but to me, it's still... I love the brutality of it. I love the intenseness. I love the little homages. They missed out on a couple things. They didn't do some things quite as well as I would have liked. But overall, I thought I thought it was pretty solid. Like I, the first time I saw it, when it was done, I was like, I took a breath. I was like, oh, finally, like I can breathe because it was so intense towards the end there. And it doesn't happen to me very often where I where that where I see a movie that's I don't want to say scares me, but keeps me uh, on the edge of my seat anymore. So. As a movie, it's not good. And if you're not a horror fan, you're, there's no need to see it. But if you are a horror fan, I think you should watch it. Because as a horror movie, I think it, it does what it set out to do. And when you divorce it from the original, I think you can look at it in a different light. I thought it was... I like it. I like it. It's not great, but I like it. I'm going to go an even 7.0 fingernails. Ooh, descriptive. Descriptive. Because that, I mean, that was a part that made me cringe when you see his fingernails snap when he's trying to claw his way when he's being taken down to the basement. Yeah. That, well, that's a butt pucker moment. So you're at right seven. There. What was the seven point? Seven point zero. Seven point zero. Seven even. Wow. Okay. Well, but two full points behind the original for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about five points. So I was about 
two and a half points behind my, yeah. my, my, um, well, that's good. I think, uh, I will, I will end it by saying I, I, I came up with a good, uh, Halloween analogy. Ready? Yeah. It's like candy corn. Hey, that's even better than what I think I was thinking of. <laughs> really? I thought for sure. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, shit, I just spoiled it. I saw a meme, by the way, and everyone last year that listened to anything on the podcast from Horror Month know that me and Alan despise candy corn. We think it's the absolute worst uh, terrible. candy possible. I saw a meme that said, here's how to eat candy corn. It said, open up a big black trash bag, dump inside, then eat a Reese's. So true. That's uh, so perfectly scripted. Um, my analogy for this is, you know, it, during Halloween time in October, when there's, of course, the haunted houses, right? And there's like really, you know, there, every city's got a, a plethora, a dozen different haunted houses. And there's the haunted house that's like really polished and like really pristine and looks real, and it doesn't, or the one that's off. And it's a little creepier in the sense that it doesn't feel right and something's off-putting. That's what this movie is for me. It's the polished, high-end haunted house that just doesn't get scary. That everyone goes to. That everyone goes to. Versus the one that's like isolated and little off to the side and not quite as popular, in the but but can be extremely scary. That's what this movie is. So if you like that, or you're a horror fan like Alan said, I agree. Go check out the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003. This is Gabe and Alan with the Tame Aperture podcast. Go check us out at tameaperture.com. Look for previous episodes and give us suggestions on future episodes. Until next week for Horror Month, Gabe and Alan signing off. The Tame Aperture podcast is produced by Dutch Angle Pictures in association with Studio B Productions. Listen, watch, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube.